What's up, everybody? You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, and I am your host, Dana Shea. Thanks so much for being here today. You guys, today is another really, really great episode. We are in the middle of our Single AF series, and I have never been surrounded by so many amazing single men and women. I want to ask every single one of them on the episodes, why are you still single? Like, does not the world know how fantastic you are? And so today is no exception. We have the amazing Vidalia on the episode with us. And Vidalia and I have actually been following each other on Instagram for quite a while. She is a love blogger and she is a women's empowerment speaker. She helps women especially learn how to be more confident in their relationships. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today is how to actually gain more clarity, how to become more confident, even if you are in between relationships. Super, super great conversation. But not only do we have Vidalia on, we also have my friend Melissa on the podcast with us today. Now, Melissa's story is a little bit unique. Melissa is single and she's actually never been in a relationship. And so halfway through the podcast, I thought, you know what, we're going to do a live coaching session. And so you'll be able to hear how Vidalia actually coaches Melissa regarding a question that Melissa had about guys and the friend zone. You will not want to miss that conversation. This episode, you guys, is a little bit different than any other episode that I've ever done. This is going to feel more like you are eavesdropping in on three girlfriends having lunch. I'm telling you, like this would be the exact same conversation that I would have if I were having lunch or coffee with two of my best girlfriends. And so I feel like today's conversation is going to be super practical. It's going to be really helpful for you, whether you are in between relationships or maybe you're in a relationship right now. I think you're going to walk away from this conversation with much more clarity and focus and determination and standing up for yourself and being more assertive and knowing what you want and why you want it. So I'm super excited for you guys to listen. Listen, if you have not already subscribed to Real Relationship Talk right now, wherever you are, hit that subscribe button, friend. That way it shows up for you automatically. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to look for it. It's just going to show up for you just like magic. So be sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. And if something stands out to you in this podcast episode, which I know it will, be sure to tag me on social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at Dana Shea Williams. And so I would love to hear from you guys how these episodes are encouraging you in your singleness. So without any further ado, let's jump on into our conversation with the amazing Vidalia and Melissa. I am so um, just honored to have with us on the podcast um, my friend, local friend here, Melissa Seaman, and relationship coach and women's empowerment speaker, Vidalia. The three of us are really just meeting kind of in a group. Melissa and I, of course, know each other, but I've never met Vidalia face-to-face, and then Vidalia and Melissa have actually never met. So this should be a very interesting experiment, Um, (laughs) but I'm really excited about our conversation today. Um, Vidalia, I know that you have put in some work as far as helping singles and especially single women to really just understand their purpose and their worth and their value. And so I just want to know, even before we jump into kind of the meat of this episode, can you tell us a little bit about why you started this journey? Uh, What made you decide that you wanted to be a relationship coach? And what is the thing that you are wanting the people who follow you to know the most? Uh, So uh, why I started was because of a man, y'all. Um, Hmm. I was going through a breakup and it was kind of my first experience dealing with someone who 
was like a manipulator, an emotional abuser and, and things of that nature. And so I ended up, that was also my introduction into therapy as well, which for people that follow me, they know I'm a big proponent of therapy. And so I went to therapy and then just decided to start telling my story and my experience. And I wrote it as a blog post. So I originally started just um, blogging and writing posts. And that's kind of how it matriculated into like kind of just being like a relationship blogger and stuff. Now, I won't say I'm like a coach because I'm not a certified like coach, but I do help coach women. Um, I do love to talk about singleness. Um, but yeah, it all started because of a breakup, to be honest. <laughs> and I just realized that, you know, there were at that time when I started a lot of people in that space of talking about singleness and being empowered through it. And I grew up with this mindset that I had to be married by a certain age. I had to have kids by a certain age. So a lot of my journey has been me just being, It's I, I tell people, it's like my online diary. I'm constantly learning about myself and unlearning things. And I share that with people and it has just started to resonate with people yeah. um, because so many people have the same things, you know? Um, and curious, you said that you you had these thoughts or these feelings that you were supposed, there were these expectations on you, basically, that you were supposed to be married. Did that come from your family? Did that come from like your church background? Like, where did those expectations come from? So to be honest, I think I was in a unique position in that my family never pressured me. In fact, <laughs> my family encouraged me to stay single for as long as I needed to um, and to make sure that if I did marry somebody, I was sure that they were the right person. I think, to be honest, I think it was just environment. Mm. Growing up, watching Disney movies, re- looking at movies, you know, seeing this overarching theme of two-parent households and, you know, shows we watched on TV, people talking about how horrible it is to be single after 30 and just all those little things as you kind of transition through life, it starts to build on itself. Um, And so, because I didn't have any good examples of healthy relationships growing up either. So it was really just like environments that I was growing up in and just the overarching focus on relationships. I gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Melissa, can you relate to that at all? Did you ever feel like you had that pressure, whether it be from your family or the church or whoever, that you needed to be married, kids, all of that, like by a certain age? Uh, Definitely, yes. Uh, But not for my family. My story is a little similar to Vidalia's. And uh, my parents did not put that pressure on me. Um, they, I was enthralled with their romance story. They were best friends who surfed together in ministry and then slowly fell in love and felt like it was what God was doing in their lives to bring them together. And they always encouraged me to find myself, to find my place in God's big plan and to be selective in looking for a man who would be a good fit for that, who would complement who God made me to be. Um, and the life that he had desired for me to live. Uh, But I think in a similar way, I put the pressure on myself, um, especially as I got older and into my 30s and saw all of my friends get married and my two baby brothers get married and, you know, meet 
anniversaries and have children and kind of live these lives that I always thought I would have for myself. And I think you put that pressure on yourself too, of even just asking like, well, what's wrong with me if I can't have that? Or if my story looks different, how come the majority of the people I know are married at my age, but I am not. And I think even if you weren't raised to put that expectation on yourself, at some point you're going to ask the question I think a lot of women ask is what's wrong with me that I'm in this situation. Mm, I agree. Melissa. I like the way that you articulated that because I think it goes to show that like a lot of people think that we get this pressure, you know, from families and on all of that, but you do kind of put that pressure on yourself and it, and it's very easy for us to do. So I'm over 30 as well. And I'm going to a wedding this year, you know, and it's just like, oh, here's another one of my friends, you know, Mm -hmm. getting married and I'm happy for them. But at the same time, you're like, okay, Lord, you know, when is it going to be my turn? You know what I mean? So I totally agree with you. Yeah. But Dahlia, can I ask you, because I mean, you, I mean, you're successful in what you do, you know, it's like all the things line up, right? Like, do you ever wonder like, why am I not married? Or are you in a place where you're like, I'm being very selective right now. I don't want to be married right now until I get to a point where I'm ready to make that move. Like kind of where are you at in your personal journey? I would say I'm uh, teetering in the middle. Um, I definitely desire companionship and do desire marriage. However, my desire for it is not so high that I want to settle for anybody just to say I have somebody. And so for me, it has to be the right person. I'm 33 going into 34. And for me, I'm just like, no longer am I in this space of, oh, let me just get in relationships with people and then, you know, try to get to know them while we're in a relationship and then realize, you know, six, seven months down the road, I committed to somebody who I didn't know who wasn't right for me. And now I added all this extra baggage to my life. Me, I'm trying to navigate it differently. I'm taking my time. I'm getting to know people, seeing if we are compatible, seeing if we're spiritually compatible because, child, it's mm-hmm. hard out here. <laughs> and then going from there. So I would say that, yeah, that's, I mean, and I have my struggles. I, I won't say that I'm content in my singleness every single day. I definitely have moments where I'm like, Lord, you know what? And I am trying to, you know, abstain right now. And I'm like, Lord, you really know what, you know, like (laughs) we're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to work this thing out, Jesus. So, um, yeah, I I hope that answers your question about where I am on my journey. No, thank you. No, I'm just uh, la- laughing over here because it's so real. It's like, you know, there are some who, um, if you've never tasted the forbidden fruit, quote unquote, you know, it might not be as much of a struggle. But, you know, the fact that it is hard, you know, my friend always says it's, ha- it's hard out here in these streets, you know. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that you're not willing to settle. I had this thought today and I was like, you know, it'd be a really good book title. Somebody may have already written it, but like Mr. Right and Mr. All Right. You know, and it's like, I feel like there's, Ooh, <laughs> right, good. right. And I feel like there's so many women who are willing to just settle for Mr. All Right. It's like, well, he's not necessarily everything that I want. He doesn't, you know, check off all these boxes. And I understand that there's no perfect man, right? Like there's no going to be, there's not going to be a man who is mm-hmm. like a hundred and everything. But I see so many women settling, especially as we age, because it's like, he'll do, you know, 
you were talking about you really are taking this time to really build a foundation of friendship, which I think is so important. How do you take the time? And this is kind of feeding into one of the questions that Melissa had asked me uh, back in a few months ago is how do you actually have healthy relationships with guys? Like even before they turn romantic, like how do you actually say to a man that you are interested in, like, I'm not willing to like jump into a relationship with you right now. I'm really interested in just building a friendship and getting to know you a little bit. I mean, honestly, that's how I say it. Um, I mean, I fill out the conversations, of course, but um, I have just gotten to a place in my life where I am more honest about my thoughts when it comes to men. Um, And not to say that I lied in the past, but, you know, sometimes you tend to get shy. Like I made a post the other day that says you deserve a man who makes his intentions known. And a lot of times we as women, we kind of wait for the man to be like, oh, yeah, I want to date you or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? If you're getting to a place where you want to know where you stand, ask that man. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have every right to do that. Y'all are 50-50 at this point. You know what I mean? And so um, usually these are conversations that I have with guys in the beginning. Like, I'm taking my time. I want to get to know people. You still single? I'm still single because I don't need nobody thinking, you know, I'm about to just be all available for them. That was These are things that I've learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. And so um, to be honest, I've actually gotten really good responses for this. I, I'm trying to think if I've had any negative responses from men. I, I think they felt more comfortable to be honest with me and say, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, because we know men are doing it, right? Like we right. know they're going to they're gonna date whoever they want to and, and single and they can do that. Um, they may not always talk about it, but it has opened the doors for honest conversations. I know a guy that I had spoken to recently he was impressed, if you will, that that was my rationale. And I was like, well, you single, like, I, I don't care who you're talking to. And here's the thing, ladies, when you're not giving up the cookie, it's easier to be this way. Right. I'm just saying. And so, um, and that's, I, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm, tr- I'm hoping the Lord keeps me straight on the path. But when I am, you know, I'm in control of my body and that type of connection it allows me to still be objective. It allows me to still, you know, date this person for friendship without my emotions getting so far ahead of me because your emotions will still get involved, right? But it's about pacing yourself. I know for a fact, if I slept with a guy, for me, because that is a very emotional connection for me, that would have me all kinds of confused. And it has in the past. And I've stayed with people who exhibited a lot of red flags. But because I was already, you know, entangled, if you will, um, sexually with them. So, yeah. No, I mean, that I is so did. important, you know, and I think that that is something like we cannot overlook. I know that in our like sexually free culture, women, I feel like they do feel like, well, I can just be like a man. But men and women differentiate emotionally. Like that is just a Mm -hmm. a scientific fact, right? And so I think that what you're saying, Vidalia, is so important. Like if you are sleeping with a man, it is going to be almost next to impossible to be like, and I'm carefree and you do you and I'll do me. And we'll still like your emotions, you know, some people will call it a soul tie. Some people will call it an emotional attachment or, you know, the buzzword of 2020, the entanglement, right? And so whatever Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, the point is, is that like it does um, make you much more or much, much less objective um, when you're sleeping with someone to be able to have just kind of, you know, um, 
I think, just a better outlook on where the relationship is. You're jaded at that point. You don't know if, you know, the things that you're seeing are really red flags or, like I said before, are you willing to just kind of excuse them because you're being sexually satisfied? And, you know, one of the things... Good. (laughs) Right? And so I was on this relationship panel last week and um, I was telling them that there was a girl, she's in her mid-20s, and she was saying that there are these two guys that are interested in her. And she's interested in both of them and she's torn because what she has been taught is that you need to date one person. You know, it, it will be wrong to kind of date both of these people. And I asked her, I said, well, why is that? Like, what makes you feel like that's wrong? I'm not telling you to go sleep with both of them, obviously, but what's wrong with getting to know two people at the same time? What's wrong with saying to Billy Bob, hey, you know, I want to get to know you and, you know, let's hang out, you know, let's let's um, find out, like you said earlier, Vidalia, if we're compatible. And then what's wrong with saying to, you know, Bob over here, same thing. And so that was like an epiphany for her because again, women, I don't think have really ever been given that permission to be able to do that versus guys do it all day long and see nothing wrong with it. And then women get their hearts broken because they're like, oh, but I thought I was the only one. And the guy's like, I don't know why you thought that. I never said that you were the only one. And so I love what you're, what you're empowering, you know, women is to say, it is okay to get to know people. It is okay to have friendships with guys without feeling like you need to somehow become all emotionally intertwined in their lives. Now that's so true. And, and I was her, I was one of those women. I never really did the, to be honest, I feel like that's where I'm at now. I never did the whole date multiple people thing. My problem was I would date one person and then they would ask me to be in a relationship. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. We can get to know each other and commit to each other. And then I find out that they're not it, you know. Mm. And so as I matured and grew older and just wiser, I was like, you know what? Men do it, too. And I'm never bothered by like I it's like I, I do believe that women inherently know that men until they actually, you know, commit to you are available to be with anybody else. Now, why we allow ourselves to mentally uh, compartmentalize ourselves or reserve ourselves just for that man, even knowing that, I don't know. But I can say that that is something that I have learned and am learning to let go. And like I said, making sure that I'm not creating those emotional attachments. For me, it's sex. I think sex can complicate things for, if not the whole population, everybody. But I do understand some people and women too can take away the emotions for sex. So I'm not saying it has to be sex for the next woman. It could be something else. Like if you are a single mother, you letting a man meet your kids, that might create some emotional attachment to somebody that you're not ready to, you know, mm-hmm. actually do. So you just have to find what your thing is. And make sure you just have some boundaries in place and know that it's okay. Now, what I say is, if a guy asks you, you know, are you dating other people? Whatever, don't lie. You That's can right. say, yeah. If they move on, then let them move on or whatever. But, you know, be honest. You know, I'm not saying you have to just volunteer information if you're not at that place with a person. But I'm I'm just a big proponent of being honest. And whoever is right for me, they'll respect that honesty and, and, and they'll be honest with me too. That's so good. So good. Melissa, did you have anything to add to that? 
I just love your boldness. I wish someone had told me that when I was younger. Um, my story is a little bit different, which Dana already knows, in that I've never dated a guy, meaning I've never had a boyfriend. Um, but I grew up with two brothers and lots of male friends. And there's always just this stigma of if a guy and a girl are spending time alone together, oh my gosh, something bad could happen. And I think there's this fear in Christianity of men and women having healthy friendships, or even just us not understanding what that means. Um, never fail if I wouldn't say never fail. But there were a few times when in my relationships with men as friends, I developed feelings for them. And I always had this fear of telling them of just being that bold one to come right out and say like, Hey, I like you. Do you like me too? Where do you see this going? Are we just friends? Or can we be more than friends? Uh, and I wish someone had taught me that it's okay to be bold in a friendship that it's okay to use friendships to get to know the opposite sex without making a commitment and that you don't have to be afraid of being hurt. Um, I think that's one thing I wish I had learned at a younger age was you're going to get hurt. The thing is, how are you then going to respond to it? Are you going to let it control your life or are you going to you know, kind of like what you said, just say, okay, cool. I'm not in the same place as you moving on. I really appreciate you. Like, I'm so glad we're friends. Are you tired of feeling used, pressured, or pushed around? Do you want to learn how to finally stand your ground? Do you find yourself saying yes to things just to regret it later? While you long for self-care without feeling like a traitor? Listen, friend, we need to talk about boundaries. Stop obsessing about what other people think and feeling afraid that saying no will cause a stink. You know what I'm saying is true, and you know this Boundaries Workshop is just for you. Register for my virtual workshop happening on April 23rd. This two-hour group workshop is going to help women just as sweet as you learn the right way to setting boundaries that protect your peace, prioritize your relationships, and prevent unrealistic expectations. It's time to stand up for you. Register today at danashay.com forward slash workshops. And invite your girlfriends too. This is one event you need to say yes to. Register at danashay.com forward slash workshops. It'll cost you less than a pair of shoes. Thank you for that. Um, I was not always this way. I was a very shy uh, girl growing up. Um, I kind of felt like the ugly duckling growing up and I had a ton of insecurities. So this boldness has come from lots of making the wrong choices in men. And I'm like, well, you know what? If I want to be able to make better choices, I'm going to have to be a little more vocal um, for me. And I, I know that a lot of women teeter on the line of, well, how vocal can I be in a manner that doesn't make me come off as the pursuer? And I do think that is a, a, a balance because I know we as women, we want the man to pursue us. I do too. I'm not about to chase after no man. But I do think it's okay to, you know, if if you, you know, feel the vibe out, you like someone, you know what, you could say that if if you feel comfortable um, doing that or, you know what, hey, we've been going on a couple of dates, you know, where, what are your thoughts on where we are? You know, I think those are okay because I'd rather a person ask and be rejected than to assume and put all their eggs in that basket and that and get hurt 
later on down the line because I've been that girl. Um, I've been that girl, like crazy stories of being that girl. And so, yeah, the boldness has just come from just bad experiences that I've had. And you you learn to adapt and stuff. So I can appreciate that. Uh, I can appreciate that comment. Yeah, I think, you know, you you hit on rejection, you hit on bad experiences. Vidalia, what, what else would you say um, are some things that hold women back? Because I find that, you know, there are a lot of like really amazing women. Like I told, I tell Melissa, I'm like, you're an amazing woman. You're like, why haven't you been in a relationship? You know, um, so like, what are what do you think are some other things that hold women back from actually kind of putting themselves out there um, and really saying what they want or what they're looking for? Yeah, I think, well, first I'll speak to kind of just like Melissa. Um, I have a friend who is very similar. Um, she's a little bit older than me, actually, and she's never been in a relationship either. And um, it's always hard for me to um, always say, figure out an encouraging thing to say, because I'm a big person of letting you feel the way you feel. Because people could be so quick to say, you know what, girl, you're not missing out, but Thank God that he's not even letting you go through this trouble, but that still doesn't negate the fact that you still have that desire. So I can appreciate where that struggle can come from sometimes, just being single, having a desire, knowing that you're a good woman and all of that. Now to your point, Dana, um, you know, um, a couple of things, uh, fear of being hurt mm-hmm. and just what we as a society have conditioned women to be. Um, so I'll talk on fear of being hurt first. That is what has held me back. Um, so after my last breakup, which happened when I was 31, 31, it's been a couple of years, 30 or 31. Um, I took an entire year off from dating. Um, I just didn't want to be bothered. I was intentional about it. And then that second year after I was like, okay, let me try. And then I went on like one date and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know? And I'm just now, just in all transparency, I'm just now in the space where I realize, you know what, the reason you're not putting yourself out there is not because you, you know, just don't want to date. It's because you're afraid of being hurt again. And so I've been working through that pain in therapy over the last few months or whatever to get me to a place to where I'm like, you know what, I can put myself back out there again. I've worked through this pain or whatever. So I do think hurt. Um, we don't always deal with our hurt. We cover up our hurt. Um, we camouflage our hurt, but we don't always deal with the hurt. So that will cause us not to fully put ourselves out there because we don't want to, you know, be hurt in similar manners that we've felt before. Emotional pain and heartbreak is like the hardest thing, you know, to deal with. At least if you get cut, you know that wound is going to heal, you know, but with your heart, it can take some time. And then the other thing is, society has conditioned like and I tried to that's why I try to clarify like oh the woman can't be the pursuer or whatever because and, and I'm again I'm not saying women pursue but sometimes we take this like well the man has to be the pursuer as like we ingrain that and so we put ourselves in this box like well I can't even ask him what his intentions are because he's supposed to be pursuing me he should let me know if he wants to be in a relationship with me and while I think his actions should show you that if you're getting to a point where you feel like you know what I've been investing all this time in this person I want to know what he thinks you have every right to ask that and it still doesn't make you the pursuer you just want clarity on what y'all are doing and so I just try to help break the the 
stereotypical definitions, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. of what these things look like, because I feel like a lot of women are committing to people and they don't have clarity on where they stand with these people. Oh, that is so important. You know, and I think of the the scripture as you were talking, Vidalia, like there's scripture that popped in my mind was, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, right? And that is true. That's a wonderful mm-hmm. scripture. But I feel like that scripture has also hurt a lot of women into thinking like, well, maybe I shouldn't pursue a guy. Maybe I shouldn't ask him, you know, if he likes me. Maybe I shouldn't let my intentions known to him. Maybe I shouldn't go out to where I think single men are because I don't want to look like I'm actually trying to uh, find a husband when he's supposed to be trying to find me. And I think that there's a balance between being assertive and just speaking up for yourself and saying, this is what I'm looking for. First of all, I think you need to do that with yourself. You said something earlier, Vidalia, that, you know, a lot of women, they don't, they don't know, like, or they don't say what they're looking for. They're not even honest first with themselves. And then, Mm -hmm. so if you're not honest with yourself to say like, these are some of the things that I'm looking for in a guy, I was coaching a client. um, And I was telling her that I said, you know, I want you to tell me like all of the qualities, like not, oh, he's got to be six foot three, like not that. Okay. But like, what are some of the qualities that you are looking for in a guy? I want you to write them all down. And then I want you to ask yourself, who are you becoming to attract such a guy? And so I think the the look on her face, you know, was just like, I'd never thought about that before. Like I've never intentionally said, this is who I'm looking for. So if you don't know what you're looking for, then when old Joe Blow shows up, you know, and he mm-hmm. puts butterflies in your stomach, then you're going to follow that because you don't even know what it is that you're wanting. You don't even know what it is that you're looking for. And so then when you get in a relationship with him and you feel that thing in your gut, like this isn't right, this isn't me, it's harder. I could see it being harder for women to then uh, speak up and say, you know what, this isn't for me because she's never even been honest with herself to say what she's looking for. Right. And I love that you added that, like that, just clarification, because I definitely don't want people to be like, oh, she's telling me to go pursue y'all. I am not saying that. I want mm-hmm. to be pursued as well. I am just saying you can ask if after the man pursues and you want to know where it's heading, you can ask those questions. And that doesn't make you come off as the pursuer. It just means you are a person who wants to understand what your situation is. Um, I'm not that girl who will, you know, walk up to a guy in a restaurant and be like, hey, can I get your number? That's not me, y'all. So <laughs> uh, don't don't think that my boldness to ask someone what, um, where do you see this going means that I'm going to go approach and like ask for numbers and stuff. And for the ladies that can do that, more power to you. I'm not there yet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I do want the guy to approach me. But if we're going on dates and we're, consi- you know, um, consistently dating or whatever, then I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm liking him where do you see this going? Or, or, you know, what are your thoughts? What are you looking for? And I do have those conversations. So I want to empower women to be bold and having those conversations and know that it's okay. And it doesn't make you the pursuer. It just means you're trying to get clarity. So good. That's so good. Well, Melissa, I want to ask you, okay, let's, let's say we're in a mini coaching session right now. I'm gonna have Vidalia coach you actually. (laughs) (laughs) So you do desire to have a relationship. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So what would you ask Vidalia? Like, what are some things that you would want to know? Do How do you take the first step? Like, what are some questions that you would want to know? So far, I really like what she's been saying and I'm 100% in agreement. So <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm going to spin it a little bit into my own personal situation and then let her respond if that's okay. Yeah, that's great. Uh, So I do, like Dana said, I do desire to be in a relationship. I just haven't yet. Um, And a part of that has been, I'm very ministry focused. I've known since I was a young girl that I was called to the full-time ministry and was so focused on doing what God had called me to that I kind of had this in the back of my mind, like, well, someday along the way, I'll get married. Like, it'll just be like my parents' story and he will just randomly appear in my life at the opportune moment and we'll just know and it'll happen. And I don't have to go out there and try for it. Um, So I guess my question to rephrase that would be more along the lines of um, how do you combat the different opinions that men and women have on friendships? On my end, I'm perfectly content getting to know men through friendship. But what I have found along the way is that um, men believe in this thing called the friend zone. And they seem to think that if you're friends with a girl, it's completely different than getting to know her and pursuing her. Um, For me, I usually develop feelings and attraction along the way after getting to know someone for a while. Um, But I know for a lot of my male friends, that's not the way they develop attraction. They usually see that a little sooner on and then go after it. So once you've been in a relationship with a guy as a friend for a while, what would your advice be to a girl that suddenly develops feelings for that guy and doesn't think he sees her the same way? Oh, Melissa, you are asking some tough questions, girl. <laughs> I was like, that's a great question. That's been my that life story. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's um, it's tough. So full transparency, this is a tough question to answer because, I mean, I've been there, but in some regards, not the same, of course. So I guess I would say, you know, I, if if I were like speaking to like one of my homegirls, right. And I would just be like, okay, so, you know, what made you attracted to this person? What made you fall for this person? Because sometimes what we do is familiarity and ease of falling into things can, you know, also lead into those attractions. And then you get to, when you, when you date men or sorry, when you get to know men on a friendship level, you get to know them like in a completely different manner than just like relationally, in my opinion, I feel like you know, relationships, we're always trying to like put our best foot forward. And sometimes I feel like they are a little more relaxed when there's no pressure. And so they show you more of themselves. And because of exposure to seeing more of themselves, it could be that that could, you know, also further lead to that because you're getting to know different parts of them. And those are the things that you find attractive naturally. So, and then also it could just be that it's our own desires. We want it to be able to work out this simple too. Um, and you, I know you mentioned your parents and, and how it kind of worked for them. And so that's one of the things I would question is to where's the attraction stemming from or whatever, because sometimes we do, you know, take men's friendships and because we, we have a desire for something we can project it into being more, but also sometimes that man could be truly interested in giving off more, but don't necessarily know where you are. So that's why I'm like, it's, it's such a, oh, it's such a challenging question. Um, but I guess I would ask you first, like, w- what makes you attracted to, you know, Joe, the smell, whatever, we'll call him Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm not currently in this situation, if that's who you're asking. (laughs) But in the past, it was usually their character. Uh, And like you said, that guy that I got to know that no one else got to see because you get to see a different side of them when you're friends with them as opposed to dating them. Um, Right. It is a recurring situation for me. (laughs) Right. And so what I would say to that, and and, and this doesn't um, absolve the fact that friendships could turn into relationships. I know people who married their best friends. Um, So it does happen. You know what I mean? Um, I would say as the woman, if you are feeling like this is something that continues to happen or whatever, just, you know, assess your boundaries that you have in place for yourself, right? Because you want to protect yourself in the process and, you know, um, making sure that you don't just drop everything for that person or, you know, like you don't accidentally fall into the role of being a girlfriend to somebody who's just your friend. Now, still, that doesn't necessarily mean feelings won't get involved and it could be tricky to, I guess, have those conversations with the friend. But I mean, I, I do know women who have, you know, fallen for their friends and they've expressed that to them. Now, you just have to be prepared as a friend that they may not feel the same and how that would make you feel. Would it hinder your reaction? I mean, would it hurt, you know, your interaction with that person, make you feel uncomfortable? You know what I mean? So that to me, I would think would be something that would be something you would play out, um, especially like in a therapy or like a coaching session or something to walk through the various scenarios of like, okay, well, how can I communicate my feelings and let me prepare myself for whatever his reaction could be? You know what I mean? Just to better prepare yourself. I have to be honest, Dana, that is a really tough question. Like, <laughs> It is tough. A, it is tough. I think you answered it. But I think you answered it so well. And one thing I had got to like just drill down a little bit what you just said. I hope that the listeners got what you just said about not acting like you're a girlfriend to someone that you're just a friend to. I think sometimes, you know, in marriage, like that's where I I speak to mostly married couples where it'll be, you know, we can tell like a single woman, make sure that you're not acting like his wife. If you're not married, don't, don't like the old folks say, you know, why would he buy the cow when he can get the milk for free and all that. Right. And that doesn't just mean sex. It can be you, you know, picking up his kids and taking them here, there and everywhere. That can be you helping him financially or whatever it is. Right. But I think that that point is such a good point that you made by Dahlia about not not pretending like you're the girlfriend or not giving him girlfriend rights um, if you're the friend. And I think making that distinction is important. So if you find yourself, Melissa, in another situation like this, where you're like, okay, I'm really starting to feel this guy. Like he's, I'm starting to want a little bit more than just this friendship. I think what Vidalia is saying about the boundaries is really important to almost like give him, make him have some skin in the game. Make him be like, you know what? I like you as a friend, but I want to take this a little bit further. If you're always a listening ear, if you're always the one who he can come to, you know, for anything, if you're always the one that's going to cheer him up and make him feel better, like you're doing that out of the goodness of your heart, but he's Mm going to take, I mean, we're takers, you know, human nature. We're going to take what we can get for free if we can. And we're not going to commit to something unless we're kind of forced to a little bit or um, encouraged to, um, to do that. So that would be, that would be, you know, kind of what I would want to add to that, but no, it is a hard question, Vidalia. And I think you answered it. I hope, you know, you found some value in that too, Melissa. Yeah, but it, it's tough. And this is uh, to be honest, Melissa, like I'm, I'm going to definitely have to connect with you, um, on online or whatever, because 
I get this question from followers like more often than not um, about like, I've never been in a relationship, you know, and just, I would love to, for them to see people navigate that space because I have been in relationships and they've been bad, but I've never not had that experience. And I always, I'm a big person of not speaking on seasons that I've never experienced, but rather bringing in those resources. So like, even when people ask me questions about marriage, I always bring on a friend or whatever that has been, that is married. You know, I've been engaged and called it off. I can speak Mm. to that, but you know, I can't speak to the marriage part. So that is a, it's a really good question. And for anybody listening in, would love to hear your thoughts as well. So that's awesome. Well, that's why you are on this podcast, Vidalia, because I got married at 18 (laughs) (laughs) at the ripe age of 18. Right. So I'm like, I don't know how to be single, you know, and especially in these, you know, 21st, this 21st century with all this craziness going Mm. on. I'm like, I, Yeah, I would join a convent at that point. Like, I just, I don't even know how I would do it. I have no idea how to be single. So, and to be honest, I was telling one of my guy friends this last night, and um, I was telling him, you know, the more that I do self work, self healing work, my therapy, and just like being a better Vidalia, the more I see the BS. And again, mm-hmm. not every man out there is, you know, like this, but. Man, it makes dating even harder. I I told my therapist this last week. I was like, listen, you keep having me dig deep and learning all these new things about myself. I said, you're making my dating life really hard because (laughs) I know so much more now. And the more self-aware I know I am, the harder it is for me to settle. And so, yeah, it, it is. Ooh, it's hard. <laughs> I, I mean, you're increasing your value. And so it's like, you know, those guys have to level up even more um, than they would have had to before. So it's important. And I know that you've said it, you know, kind of throughout this episode of working on yourself and self-care. And so, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners today that like, do whatever you need to do to make sure that you're as healthy as you can be. I tell mm-hmm. married couples this all the time. Like, the best marriages are between two healthy people. You can't have one right. unhealthy spouse, you know, and think that you're going to have this healthy, wonderful marriage. And so work on yourself. You know, if you need to seek out therapy or coaching or whatever, like do what you need to do because sometimes it's just sitting with that other person. They can ask you some questions that you've never quite thought about, or maybe they can say something in a way that you've never really thought about it in that way. So Vidalia, I would love for people to connect with you. Um, how about you tell us, you know, where can they find you online and how can they connect with you the best? Yeah. Um, first I'll say, thanks for having me. This has been a great conversation and it flew by. I was like, oh wow, we're already like here. Um, so good talk. I love girl chat conversations. Man, those are the best instead of like scripted to me. Um, so yes, you all can find my website is www.onlyladyv.com. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at onlyladyv. And, uh, yeah, I, I try to streamline everything so that it's easier for everybody. Um, but my biggest platform right now is Instagram. Instagram. You're killing it on Instagram. And so ladies, if you guys are on Instagram, be sure to follow her on Instagram. Um, I love your content. Like I said, I'm married, but I love your content. I just think you are the real deal. You do not hold back, um, but you're not raunchy. And I just wanted to tell you, like, I really appreciate that because I feel like, you know, you either have like these like Christian uh, quote influencers who to me aren't, aren't really like, they're not engaged in like the conversations that I feel most people are having, or you have like the super raunchy ones, right? And so I just feel like, you know, you're such a great 
um, voice because you are relevant to our culture. You know, you're a Christian and you speak the truth and you don't hold back. And so just thank you so much for what you're doing, Vidalia. And um, again, if you are listening to the sound of my voice right now, you need to run, not walk uh, to Instagram and follow <laughs> her um, at Only Lady B. So Melissa, thank you too um, for being part of this. I know I kind of put you on the spot in some ways, but I hope that, you know, you found value out of this and, and I'm rooting for you. The right one is there. He is out there. And so for whatever the, the waiting season is that you're in right now, I just believe that in God's perfect timing, you're going to, your eyes are going to open and he's going to be there. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, ladies. I appreciate both of you. Thank you. All right. Well, raise your hand if you got something of value out of that conversation. I did. I'm sitting over here with both of my hands raised. And yes, I know I am healthily married and I still got value out of that. I think that this whole conversation around knowing what you want and being able to articulate that, first of all, to yourself and then to someone else is super important. So Vidalia, thank you so very much for bringing home this conversation. Melissa, thank you too for your authenticity and your vulnerability. Um, After we got off the episode, I texted Melissa and I said, I just so appreciate your transparency because it is not easy to come upon an episode to few thousand people and say, hey, these are all of my inners. And so thanks so much for your vulnerability and sharing, Melissa. I so appreciate that. This was a great conversation. Thanks again, ladies. Um, Just both of you, you're amazing. So you guys, at this point, you should not need me to tell you to rate and review this podcast. But hey, maybe you're new and maybe you're like, what? I didn't know that I could rate and review a podcast. Absolutely. Think about it, you guys. If you are interested in seeing a movie, what do you do? You probably go read the reviews. If you're thinking about going to a new restaurant, you probably pull up Yelp, right? And podcasts are no different. So I would love if you would write a review for this podcast. When people are looking for relationship advice, marriage advice, they're typing in to whatever search engines they're using. And when you review this podcast, you actually help people to find really valuable information. And so thank you guys for uh, those of you who have already reviewed or rated the podcast. I appreciate you. And if you haven't, someone actually reached out to me a couple months ago and said, Dana, I want to write a review, but I don't know how. And so I have put together a short little video. You'll find it at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 34. And you can actually see exactly how to review the podcast if you don't already know how to do that. And speaking of realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 34, you can go there to find the show notes for this podcast. I will have links to Vidalia's blog blog. I will have links to her Instagram. And trust me, you want to follow her on Instagram. And so I'll have all the links to wherever you can find her. We can connect with her. That'll all be there on realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 34. Be sure to come back next week where we are going to have New York Times bestselling author Mandy Hale, whose newest book is Don't Believe the Swipe. Y'all, I have been reading this book and it is hilarious, okay? It is so good. You are going to love the conversation that I had with Mandy. So be sure to come back next week for another great episode. So you guys, thank you so much for being with me on this journey. I hope that you are enjoying all of these podcast episodes. If you are, make sure that you're sharing them on social media. And if there's something that jumps out at you, be sure to tag me either on Instagram or Facebook at Dana Shea Williams. I would love to hear from you. And of course, if you want to reach out to me and let me know about a topic that you'd want me to cover or maybe a guest that you want me to interview, be sure to head
head on over to realrelationshiptalk.com, find the contact page and shoot me an email. I read every email that I get and I would love to hear from you and how we can continue to make this podcast incredible. So thank you guys so much for listening today. And before we go, be sure that you are already registered or that you are heading over right now to register for the Boundaries Workshop. You guys, it's gonna be so fun. I love getting together with you guys, podcast listeners and coaching clients and friends and family and just having a really, really great time. I don't do any boring workshops, okay? And so you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna learn how to set some boundaries. I thought it was interesting that Vidalia brought that word up so many times throughout this episode. And so it's super important. You cannot, and please listeners, hear me when I say this, You cannot have healthy relationships without boundaries. It's just not possible. And so I really, really want you to be in on this workshop. So be sure, head on over to danashay.com forward slash workshops so that you can get in on all the action. Well, you guys, that is it for our show today. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.